it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. We are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who's not running for president in 2024, but former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley is. And she's going to join us in this radio studio in this hour. Get her out. Get her out of here. Doesn't sound like Trump's a big fan. I'm not sure if you are, but we're going to get to know the first Republican to challenge Trump for the party's nomination at a time when both parties believe Joe Biden needs to read the writing on the wall. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know, the you know, the thing. 888-788. 9910 if you want to be a part of today's festivities. Also the number if you don't want to be a part of today's festivities. You don't need to agree. You don't need to believe what I do. It is an all skate. Everyone is welcome. I'm a talk show host. I'm not an activist. This is a forum where people can converse honestly, share their beliefs. It's a judgment-free zone. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No, ma'am. Uh, You can be a Republican on this show. You can be a Democrat. You can be a Libertarian. You can be anything you want. Just don't be a... There it is. Happy Tuesday, everybody. If you watched me on the Sean Hannity show last night, uh, me and Sean had a good time talking about the current vice presidential nominee, Kamala Harris. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. (laughs) Ha ha! Is she ever. But we also did, in fact, get into Joe Biden and the fact that there are whispers now within the party... That maybe this guy doesn't have another four years in him. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. So what I'm trying to do as we interview everybody who's running in 2024. Okay, at some point you'll hear from, you know, DeSantis will come by. You'll get a sit down with Donald Trump. Wrong. But as as this thing takes shape, as this race takes shape, everybody that we will in fact interview. My main focus is always giving you the person behind the politics in the primary season. Okay, a lot of their beliefs are similar. Like if you've heard Nikki Haley, she's not drawing a stark policy distinction between herself and Trump or herself and DeSantis. So much as she's positing herself as a new look for the country, a new direction to go in, younger leadership, female leadership. And believe me, she's not selling her gender the way the identity politics hustlers are. Uh, But she is saying, hey, it's time for a clean slate in America where we're not led by a bunch of bickering politicians in their late hundreds that are selling us out to foreign aid and overseas wars we have no business being in, but a time of like American rejuvenation. That seems to be her platform, but we'll get to know the person in this hour. And the one thing I will tell you, and I've said it before on the show, is as contentious as this nominating process is going to be, When you're talking about Trump, when you're talking about DeSantis, maybe Tim Scott. I mean, first of all, everyone's getting a nickname from Trump. It doesn't matter. I got to ask Nikki Haley because I'm I'm sure she's getting a nickname. Everybody gets one. I mean, when Trump gets into the ring, he's not pulling any punches. There's a slob. There's a real slob. I mean, we all remember 2016. This guy will say anything. (laughs) You know, 
He's throwing the fastball, okay, every, every pitch to every batter. So it's going to get wild. It's going to be a food fight. But the reason so many people are willing to get into the ring is because they do believe that if the Democrats run Biden, uh, he's just useless. Tell him like it is. Okay, so let me give you a little bit of Biden before we get into the person that's going to be in this studio, you know, asking for your support in an effort to replace him. Okay, Biden, as you know, spent President's Day over in Ukraine, you know, renewing our commitment to give them unlimited access to our ATM. Here's the pin, Zelensky, take it away. No definition of what would define victory. No effort to establish an off-ramp in this war. Just endless funding for Ukraine, something that didn't sit well back here in America at a time when East Palestine, Ohio, is being overwhelmed by a train disaster that has contaminated their drinking water, likely made portions of the town uninhabitable, and left a lot of parents in fear of not only their well-being, but more importantly, their kids. And there's been this real brazen indifference to what went on in East Palestine. In fact, the administration didn't send anybody there until Trump showed up the day before. When their hands were forced, they were like, fine, we'll get Mayor Pete onto a plane, get him out to East Palestine. This is politics as usual. But Joe Biden was asked by David Muir. Okay, Joe Biden sat down for an interview with ABC's David Muir. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. And he was asked, hey, do you plan to travel there? Have you talked to the mayor? And Biden flat out said he doesn't remember. It's clip 17. So do you plan to travel there and have you talked with the mayor? I, I, I can't recall. Really. I don't think I've talked to the mayor. I've talked to everyone else there and I'm multiple times. I've talked to both the senators, both, both governors. I've talked to everyone there is to talk to. And we've made it clear that everything is available. Have you ever had a checkup? <laughs> Have you talked to the mayor? I don't remember. I, I Listen, one of the things Nikki Haley was pushing when she launched a campaign was that everybody over the age of 75 would be subjected to a cognitive exam. I, I can't see a world where anybody would be against that. You want to know that whoever has their hands on the nuclear codes has an elevator that goes all the way to the tippy top floor. You know what I'm saying? And when you hear Biden... Whether he's telling you he can't remember who he talked to, you know, or in this instance, just brazenly lying about it being a part of the civil rights movement. You realize that, listen, for whatever you think of the politics, whatever you think of the guy, you know, his character, his son, the overseas business dealings. Okay, the fact remains, this is a, you know, he's a beat up guy. He's not physically strong. I wish him no ill will. But between the moments where he doesn't know who he's talking to and what about where he's being interrupted by the Easter Bunny, or he's shaking hands with an invisible man. Biden's lost his marbles. Okay, we've all seen it. Okay, it's weak stuff to project onto the world stage, number one. But number two, there's just also this other indifference to the truth, where the guy just lies. Okay, here he is yesterday talking about the fact that he was a part of the civil rights movement and got up every morning and went to church, but then he went down to the black church to organize desegregation efforts. Come on, don't bullshit me. Just listen to how brazen this lie is. And understand, when Kamala Harris was running for president against Biden in 2020, okay, the big hit she scored against him on the debate stage is that she was one of the first black girls in her community to go to school on an integrated school bus. And you know Kamala loves a big yellow school bus. She's always laughing. <laughs> you know, Kamala with the fake laugh, it's really uncomfortable. 
But one of the big hits she scored against Biden was that when she was riding a integrated school bus for the first time, she was doing so despite the efforts of Joe Biden, who fought like hell to keep school buses segregated. Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black? The nerve of the guy. Here he is at the White House falsely claiming again that he was a part of the civil rights movement. Clip 26. You know, uh, I know most of those songs for a simple reason. As my buddy from Delaware can tell you, when you're involved in the civil rights movement as a kid in high school, I used to go down to the black church. I go to 730 mass. I'm a practicing Catholic. Then I go to 10 o'clock. And then we sit and plan what we're going to do in terms of decent. You think I'm joking. I'm not. I mean, goodness gracious. You think I'm joking, but I'm not. Shut up. Will you shut up? Dude, he's lying. Okay, he was not down at the black church organizing desegregation efforts. Joe Biden was not all the way up till 1988 was campaigning and bragging on the campaign trail about getting the support of noted segregationists like George Wallace. I've read you the article when he was campaigning in Detroit in the same year he was forced to drop out of the race for telling a thousand exotic lies about his education accomplishments. This is 1988 Joe Biden. 1988 Joe Biden, I'm about to play you. Now imagine we're about to tack on four more years of the current Joe Biden. I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my, in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. Went back to law school and, in fact, ended up in the top half of my class. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only 123 credits. Biden now concedes he did not graduate in the top half of his law school class, that he does not have three degrees from college, and that he was not named outstanding political science student in college. <laughs> did you hear any of that? Biden now concedes that. Every single solitary thing he said was complete and total bull****. Okay, and that's who he is. So, you know, we talk about the cognitive issues. He really doesn't look the best. We are projecting a lot of weakness onto the world stage. Joe Biden's the only president in history that takes more time to exit a speech than he does to actually give one. (laughs) Speaks for three minutes, then it's over, and, you know, it takes about five to find find his way out of the auditorium. Jill comes out and grabs him. The band's got to play two extra renditions of Hail to the Chief. And again, I wish him no ill will. Okay, I really don't, you know, but I'd hate to see this go on for another four years. So what you have to understand is the Republican primaries are about to get really contentious because whoever wins is going to win. That's the reality. Polling right now shows Trump beating Biden in a head-to-head matchup. There's an Emerson poll out today. So shows Biden narrowly beating DeSantis, narrowly beating Nikki Haley. Okay, but as this primary season rages on and you get to know their ideas and if ultimately any of them is contrasted against Biden and you're dealt with a formidable younger person who can speak in complete sentences versus a guy, Joe Biden, I know they're supposed to be the party of the youth, but let's be honest, I've seen younger faces on money. Hey, there it is. The guy's got jokes, everybody. And the point is, again, I am not being ageist. There are plenty of my Uncle Sam's in his 90s. The guy can run marathons. Okay, we all age differently. 
I promise you, most 45-year-olds got to be in better shape than I am when I'm you know, walking around in public. People are looking at me like, that boy is a P-I-G pig. But the point is, okay, Biden is, you know, clearly compromised in some type of a cognitive form. I'm not going to diagnose him from afar. But I really don't even think in this moment the bigger issue, okay, is whether or not You know, he's playing with a full deck of cards, as the kids like to say. You know, I think we're having a bigger issue with honesty. This is a guy who pulled all the troops out of Afghanistan before he pulled out the civilians. That's stupid. Use your common sense. But made dumber by the fact that he then got on TV with a straight face and told you it was a successful mission as we watched the whole entire country collapse. Okay, this is a guy who told you what? Oh, the border agents were whipping Haitian migrants. That's what was going on. Even though his actual Homeland Security chief had been informed, as was he, that they shouldn't go on TV and say anyone was whipping migrants because the photographer who shot the video flat out said no one was whipping migrants. They did it anyway. He said this. Uh, One cannot weaponize a horse uh, to aggressively attack a child. That is unacceptable. That is not what our policies and our training require. Please understand, let me be quite clear. Um, That is not acceptable. We will not tolerate mistreatment. And we will address it with full force based on the facts that we learn. To see people treated like they did, horses barely running them over, people being strapped, it's outrageous. I promise you those people will pay. They will be an investigation underway now, and there will be consequences. What I saw... Well, did you hear that? Those people will pay. (laughs) Now, understand, we did pay. That lie that they told because they wanted to make the border conversation about racist border agents instead of securing a border that's become the number one cause of adult death in this country by the way of the fentanyl that's coming in, that lie is literally costing people's lives, and it's the reason we no longer have mounted horses patrolling our border. At a time when our southern border has become so overwhelmed, we're now asking for support at the northern border because they're able to exploit that just based on how thinly our resources have been stressed. Okay, this is a guy who has lied about race. He's called you semi-fascists. He's told the uh, gas prices and food prices are coming down to the time when they're going up. He passed an inflation reduction bill, okay, that is going to drive up inflation in the short term and then bragged that it was the biggest climate change bill in history. What a fraud. Absolutely. Okay, Americans, if they wanted climate change, they would have passed a climate change bill. The reason they didn't pass a climate change bill is it couldn't have gotten the support. So they told you it was inflation reduction and then handed you the bill, handed you the bill for a policy you didn't even support. That's just how white folks will do you. And he continues to tell you inflation is under control. He's lowering gas prices. He's building back better. Listen, man, there are so many reasons to be concerned about Joe Biden's physical condition, but I'm more concerned with the physical condition of our country because we have a president who's full of White House girls send Biden to 
Cause he's really old and he's senile He makes up so much crap the country's worried He's lying like it's going out style You can't hide Joe Biden's lies For a while they made some he tried I thought by now they'd realize There ain't no way to hide Joe Biden's lies You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then every life is your solution. Every life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned, every baby is a miracle from God worthy of love, protection, and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon holding it down at 888-788-9910. Here's a big win you'll only hear on the radio. I haven't promoted this anywhere on the TV yet. Uh, This Friday at 10 a.m., tickets go on sale for the first stop on the Laughs and Liberty Tour featuring myself and Kennedy. (laughs) People are fired up. Uh, Clearwater, Florida. Uh, We're going to be there Saturday night, May the 20th. Okay, at the Capitol Theater, Ruth Eckerd Hall. Uh, I have posted the link on the Fox Across America Facebook page. I have posted it on Twitter as well. But it's this uh, coming May the 20th. It's a Saturday night. Me and the K-Train are heading down the Clearwater to raise holy hell. And you better be there. We need backup. When we go on the road, it's a bad situation. She's going to be on later in the week to promote it and tell you about our hijinks on the road. We're basically like a traveling population control device because everybody in our wake just gets clobbered. A lot of booze, a lot of bad karaoke, and a lot of food. Like there's... <laughs> it's between the booze and the food. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life. So. Well, it's exactly how we're going to go through clear water. Is <laughs> fat, drunk, and stupid on the Laughs and Liberty Tour. She'll make you laugh. And, of course, Liberty is my stage name for the drag routine. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. I'd almost agree with that. But Nikki Haley... She's an out-and-out genius. Uh, She is running for president in 2024, and she will be here to discuss why you all need to get into Haleytown, USA, after this. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services. 
marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you, it's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And if the band sounds fired up, it's because they are. Okay, as you know, the 2024 race is now underway. And if it comes down to who's the most fun in a green room, I mean, I think everybody should just drop out at this point. We had the best time uh, when we met a few weeks back in the green room for the Sean Hannity show. But now we're doing it in our studio. I'm talking about former South Carolina governor and U.N. ambassador and 2024 presidential candidate in the Republican Party. Nikki Haley is here and the crowd goes wild. Good to see you. Thanks, Jimmy. It's great to be here. This is quite the setup. Uh, I got to tell you. Okay, it really does look like this is what my bedroom looked like in 1987. (laughs) Now, I don't know if that puts you at ease or it makes you concerned that I'm in some type of weird state of arrested development. It's a little creepy. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, you're not the first person to say that, so I won't take it the wrong way. But it does. It it does. It looks like the inside of the van that promised you candy. I don't need you to comment on that. Uh, Just thanks for coming. It's like as if people weren't a little thrown just based on my attire. Because you're running for president. I look like I'm going to a junior prom after this in, like, my blue velvet outfit. Uh, But let's get into you because they've had enough interventions for me, and none of them have taken. Um, But I wanted to ask you this. Uh, You launched your campaign. Everybody's all excited, razzle-dazzle, so excited. A lot of good music at the rallies. When you go on the road, are you and Cheney, your superstar assistant, do you guys – are you rocking out? Is there something we're listening to right now that we need to know about? I mean, I'm always listening to music. I love music. It's been a part of my life for Uh a long time. So, like, before I went out for my announcement, I was listening to Ozzy Osbourne and Post Malone. (laughs) Um, Sometimes you'll hear me listening to Joan Jett. Um, It's just... So, all right, this this is important then. So, so some Ozzy, some Joan Jett. Is there any uh, potential under a Haley administration for a presidential karaoke party? I mean, I'm all for it. Would that go down in the But way? I always say, if you ever see me doing karaoke, take me home. <laughs> like, I've always said that. Is that like, the that, sign? That's the sign. At, so the, like, at the very least, take your car keys. That's exactly right. <laughs> no, that's exactly right. Hey, defense wins championships. Isn't that what they say? <laughs> uh, other fun facts we need to know. Did you? Did you have a nickname growing up? I was looking. It was always Nikki. Really? Yeah. Wasn't like the crusher or anything like that? Nothing like that? No. Nope. Have you given thought to the fact that you might get a nickname from a certain Republican candidate who's been known for that sort of thing in the past? 
I haven't given any thought of it, but if he wants to call me a badass, I'll take it. <laughs> oh, Haley! Shots fired. She came in. She insulted the studio. Now she's crowned herself the bad. I mean, wow. I think you're about to sing karaoke. You're fired up over here. <laughs> Nikki Haley is in studio. I want to talk policy with you as well, and it's exciting to have this time with you, so I appreciate you taking the time. One of the things I saw you say yesterday that I think resonates with a lot of talk radio audiences is the fact that America has become the world's ATM. And people don't appreciate that, especially at a time when we have so many domestic struggles here. It's not that we're rooting for Vladimir Putin to roll Ukraine, but at the same time, we feel like second class when, you know, there's no attention paid to something like East Palestine. And then, of course, you've got this issue with foreign aid to China and maybe some of the countries you called out yesterday. I think one of your tweets said, if you chant death to America, no aid. I think that's I think that's a reasonable policy. It's totally common sense. (laughs) I mean, the idea that we gave $46 billion in Mm. foreign aid. Mm. I mean, that's a lot of money in itself. But I saw this at the UN. You have countries and they'd like stab us in the back, but they turn around and have their hand out wanting money. Uh Stop giving money to our enemies. We're giving, you know, $2 billion to Pakistan. Trump stopped that, which was great. Mm -hmm. But now Biden's walking that back again. You look at Iraq. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're dealing with all the Iranian proxies that are saying death to America, why would we do that? Zimbabwe, like the least friendly American, you know, mm-hmm. African country that you've yeah. got. And we're giving them all this money, hundreds of millions of dollars. It's unacceptable. And then, you know, China, we're giving money for the environment. Yeah. Like, come on. It's our number <laughs> one adversary. And you're going to give money to the environment. Communist Cuba, we call mm-hmm. you know, we named them a terrorist organization, yet we're giving them money. Mm-hmm. All of these things, it doesn't make sense to give money like that. We should be strategic. Stop trying to buy friends. You can't buy friends with money. It doesn't work. Now, I agree. We're talking to Nikki Haley in studio, Republican candidate for the White House. And listen, people appreciate you saying it. Coming When, when I give the world advice about money and then they see this sport coat, they're like, all right, no, no. You know what I mean? No, no one wants to hear my financial advice as a guy who dresses the way I do on TV. But coming from you, it does. It carries a lot of weight. Uh, another thing I wanted to talk about as it pertains to money is the fact that today the Supreme Court may rule on student loan forgiveness. A lot of the people that have discussed this issue on my show feel like they're being asked unjustly to pay off the loans they didn't take out, which I think it's like getting a bill in the mail from Applebee's for food you didn't eat. Like, should Joe Biden at least send us some chicken fingers if we're going to pay student loan debt for other people? It's so wrong. Like, my husband and I, it took us forever to finish paying off his student Mm-hmm. debt. Yeah. So now to think that we're going to go pay for someone else's, it's a terrible incentive. Mm-hmm. It sends the wrong message. And you can't do that. You can't take from one person and give to another. You mm-hmm. can't do that. Yeah. And so, you know, let's hope the Supreme Court comes down with the right thing, because I think it's terribly wrong. And most of that money is actually going to postgraduate loans. Yeah. And I, I just think that the American people see this for what it is. It's the wrong thing, and it's irresponsible. Yeah, I would agree with that. It drives me crazy because I feel like what's going on in this country right now is we're kind of undermining people's self-reliance. You know, if your parents migrated to this country and ran a small business that became a larger business, you're kind of the embodiment of the American dream, which is something that's very heavily predicated on work ethic. And this idea that everybody is entitled, you know, equal opportunity was never supposed to mean equal outcome. But I think we're eliminating a lot of the merit that's necessary 
to free us from this victimhood mindset and push us towards a victorhood mindset. Is that what you saw your campaign launch as? Or were you using your brown skin to launder white supremacy? I mean, <laughs> Someone said that with a straight face. I mean, God bless them all. I'll tell you. You know, I mean, I think at the end of the day, we have to remember that we're a country that prides itself on work ethic uh-huh. and responsibility. And we need to get back to being a strong and proud America again. Yeah. And you don't do that by giving away money or paying people to sit on the couch. You do that by getting people, the very best people have to give mm-hmm. to contribute into society. No, and I would agree with that. And if we're going to do student loan forgiveness, why can't I get blackjack forgiveness? I'm telling you. I've had a lot of bad nights in the casino. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I, I think it's, it's, it's worth getting into. There's another thing, though. When you are taking these attacks, because I've heard you speak to these attacks and the fact that they feel very threatened by the idea of a conservative woman. Mm-hmm. Is there not a part of you, though, that like wonders – you know, how they could say it with it. Like, did it take rehearsal to say with a straight face? They've done it for years. Uh I mean, this is, you know, the liberals are very offended by the fact that a minority female would be a Republican. Mm -hmm. They Mm -hmm. just can't stand it. You saw that with Whoopi Goldberg. You see it with Don Lemon, all of that. And I, even when I was elected governor, I remember there was an African-American female Democrat. And she said, she's not a minority. She's just a conservative with a tan. Oh I mean, they've God. done this forever. and But they know I'm a threat because they know I pull from their base. They know I pull suburban women. They know I pull minorities. And they just can't take it. So, you know, I'm used to it. It doesn't bother me. We turn lemons, you know, lemonade from lemons and literally did that with koozies by selling um, past my prime, hold my beer. <laughs> I mean, you know. That was really funny. We la- We laughed at that one. Well, as I was saying, I hosted Gutfeld the other night. Don Lemon, because of you, because of his comments on you, he was off the air for three shows, but oddly enough was seen by the same amount of people had he remained on the air, because no one's watching. And and their answer was to give him sensitivity training. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. Good luck with that. <laughs> We're talking to Nikki Haley, uh, presidential badass. Uh, her words, not mine. Uh, but who, know, who knows where this is going to head? Uh, I'm excited. Uh, another thing I wanted to throw at you, because this is a question that's been raised a lot. Okay, in the past you had said you wouldn't run against President Trump. Obviously something has changed that prompted you to run against him. What was it? A lot. I mean, you look, we didn't have, at the time I said that, we didn't have the fall of Afghanistan. We didn't have our economy the way it is. We hadn't lost the midterms. Mm-hmm. And I think that what people are saying is, They want to know that there's more options besides just Trump and Biden, Mm -hmm. and they want to see us go in a new direction. And I don't think you have to be 80 years old to to be in D.C. You see, I think that's fair. And they tried to pawn that off as like, you know, not when I say they, I say very few of Biden's defenders at this point tried to point it off as like ages. And Bernie Sanders said that because, you know, Bernie probably harbors some outside suspicion that if he gets tired of getting rich off, you know, screaming about the evils of capitalism, (laughs) he might give this another go. But I think the American people agree with you. I mean, I'm saying we should have term limits in Washington Uh and we should have mental competency tests for people over the age of 75. I mean, in the military, people age out. In law enforcement, people age out. Why is D.C. so set on having that power? And Bernie Sanders is a perfect example of why both of those things are important, term limits and mental competency tests. (laughs) Well, you got to admire the Bernie racket, though. Like He's charging people $95 to get into a lecture about the evils of capitalism. Like, I mean, what a hustle. I mean, on some level, I respect it. I don't agree with him in principle, but I almost respect the fact that there's money to be made. And And you have to take it seriously. They literally are trying to creep us into socialism. And we know capitalism has Mm -hmm. lifted up more people in the history of the world than anything. But, 
I mean, you look at the squad, you look at Bernie Sanders, but even you look at some of our Republicans, they're starting to slide into socialism. We can't let that happen. Economic freedom matters. And every American should always have economic freedom in their lives. Yeah, I would agree with that. We're talking to Nikki Haley. She is in studio. Uh, She is running for the Republican nomination for the president of the United States. Is there any point of that? Because, like, my life's crazy. I used to be a cab driver. Now I'm on TV all the time on the radio with you. It's crazy. And I try to hit these measuring moments where I'm like, wow, you're doing this. Uh, when you're actually walking out onto a stage to say, like, hey, I'm, I'm going to be the next president. Like, what's, is there anything going through your head or is there nothing going through your head? That's why you do something so audacious. No, I think the Ozzy Osbourne song was going through my head, to be honest. But I don't think of it like that. Like, I think that's the wrong way to look at it. Because what you're doing is you're running to serve the people, Mm -hmm. right? You're running to go and right a ship. And I think that it's so important that people feel proud about their country again. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important that they see someone who's willing to do that. I've been a two-term governor. I know Mm -hmm. what it means to balance a budget. I know what it means to deal with crises and make decisions. I was... You know, an ambassador, not of one country, but with 192. And I Mm -hmm. took the kick me sign off of our back. (laughs) I think it's time that we have that kind of leadership. I think it's time that we get a problem solver in there that's got executive experience and say, let's do this. And so, no, there was nothing thinking about it except for I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's get America back on track. And I'm going to be that person that does it. No, I love it. So you were listening to Ozzy. You bit a bat's head off. And you walked out onto the stage. You can confirm that for the listeners. <laughs> Not the bat, but everything else. Well, listen, they would have they would have accused you of starting the COVID uh, pandemic. That's exactly right. Which we are now uh, told, which I think somebody, everyone believed to be true two years ago, that it originated in a lab. How do you deal with China if we reach a consensus point that they kind of leaked this into the world? Maybe not intentionally, but as a president, Nikki Haley how do you hold China accountable, given the entanglements in both economies? I mean, treat them as the adversary that they are. Right. And that means when I dealt with China at the United Nations, you, we had to tell them what we expected of them. Okay. You look at the COVID situation, the fact that they haven't been held accountable, mm-hmm. I think it came from a lab. I think it wasn't malicious. I think it was yeah. an accident. Mm-hmm. But think about what they did. What they did was they closed off their borders so no one could come in, mm-hmm. but they opened their borders and let everybody out. They didn't want to be the only country embarrassed. Yep. And then they turned around and released this to the world. I think that is a major problem. And let's not talk about, I mean, the fact that American children looked up to the sky and saw a Chinese spy balloon looking back at them. <laughs> this is a country that for too long, mm-hmm. Republicans and Democrats thought if we were nice to them, they'd want to be like us. Mm-hmm. They don't want to be like us. No. They want, they see the West as the great sinners. Mm-hmm. We have to start treating them the way they deserve to be treated. And that is start focusing on inter- intellectual property. Let's mm-hmm. hold them accountable when they steal it. Let's hold them accountable for COVID and how they handled the World Health Organization, our universities. Tell them you either take Chinese money or you take American money. You don't get both. Start doing things like that and let's build up our military. Mm-hmm. There's nothing China fears more than a strong American military. And you know what we're doing instead? Mm-hmm. Making our military take gender pronoun classes. Yeah, it's, it's unthinkable. It's really weird. But when you think of an iconic film like Saving Private Ryan, where they storm the beach at Normandy. In the modern version of that, they would be reordering the boats. We don't have enough representation in this boat. We need enough of these people raising the beach. But the, I, the point of war, like you said, is you know a fierce fighting force that can give us peace through strength. Like I mean, a, a military we don't even have to use because nobody wants to mess with them. I'm a military wife. My yeah. husband deployed to Afghanistan. He's a combat veteran. They need to focus on staying safe themselves 
and defending our freedoms yeah. and, and saving us from enemies. They don't need to think about whether they're hurting someone's feelings or not. Yeah, it's weird. We, and, don't, we don't want army tanks with a hate has no home here bumper sticker on the back. I mean, what's happened to us? And so we've got to just snap out of it and get things back on track. You're kind of bringing me full circle now to your badass declaration. We, the world actually does need a little bit of a badass right now. Absolutely. Because a strong America is what actually ensures some type of stability on this planet. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges is I think we've emboldened a lot of what's going on. Like I think Afghanistan was a precursor to Taiwan, maybe even a spy balloon, dare I say Ukraine. Uh, do you feel like with all the aid we're sending to Ukraine, we should at least be establishing some type of an off ramp or, you know, maybe an outline of what would constitute victory? Well, I think what's important is we don't need to give foreign aid to our enemies, and I would stop all of that as president, but you need to have the backs of your friends like Ukraine and Israel. Mm -hmm. I don't think we should give them blank checks. We should never send money. I do think we should give them the equipment and ammunition they need to win along with other countries. You know, Saudi Arabia just gave $400 to Ukraine. We need more to help Ukraine because it's a war we have to win. This is a war about freedom. If Ukraine falls... Mm -hmm. Russia has said Poland and the Baltics are next, and then you've got a world war. Our job is to prevent war, not to start war, and that's what's going to happen if we get a strong military. Okay, fair. Uh, Last question. Are you going to fire your publicist for booking you on the show? Not at all. I'm going to ask her when we're coming (laughs) back. Stop it, Nikki. Just buttering me up. This is what she does. She walked into the studio, annihilated the toy collection, had a lot of issues with the jacket. She's like, are you going to wear that for the interview? But I'm kidding. But you got her on the air. You were a million bucks. I kick with a smile. That's what I do. <laughs> That's what she does. Well, thank you for this. This uh, has been fun. We'll do it again soon. And Cheney, if you need help landing a gig on LinkedIn, just let me know. I'll get you some work. Go to yeah. NikkiHaley.com. Join our movement. You better. Back after this. That was great. The show that's not afraid to hit the road. The stars at night are big and bright. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. How about that Nikki Haley stopping by? I would tell you from you to me, obviously, there's a long way to go in the nominating contest. You'll hear from the Trumps, the DeSantises. You've certainly heard a lot of Tim Scott on this show. You've heard Mike Pence on the show. Anybody who's going to get in the race, we'll talk to. Mike Pompeo, of course. The thing about meeting people uh, that I'm always trying to relay to you, like, you know, when I told you I went to the White House Correspondents' Dinner and I met all the White House people and the media people, and I always like to give you a feel for what the person is like behind the politics. That's kind of like my big thing. You know, who means it? What they're like? Are they nice off the air? You know, are they jerks off the air and nice on the air or in between? Nikki Haley, actually, of all things. (laughs) She deserves credit for this. Like, I I do comedy for a living. Okay, I host TV shows. I host radio shows. I go on the road. I'm in Seattle this week. A thousand people are gonna come see me. I'm used to talking smack to people. It's what I do. It's how I pay my rent. Okay, Nikki Haley walked into the studio when we were off the air and just started insulting everything. Like it was funny. She wasn't mean. She ripped up the toys. She got into my jacket. <laughs> she got into my jacket. Started talking to me about things I said on Gutfeld the other night. It was actually like really funny, like legitimately very funny, like the kind of like ball busting that I grew up around in a in a comedy club. You know, when we started out doing comedy in the city, no one was worried about feelings. They were just funny. The first time I ever did a set at the comic strip live as I was signing out for the money, the late great Vic Henley goes, 
you're going to take the money for that performance? With like a straight face, I was like devastated. And he was obviously joking. It's a way of telling you you belonged. And I guess that's what Nikki Haley did. She was saying I belonged. Oh, come on. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl. Here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. We are fired up for a big hour of Fox Across America. We're going to talk crime and punishment with Jason Rance, who, of course, is on the East Coast right now. He is based in Seattle. You see him all over the country. He's on Tucker Carlson every week, frequently discussing Joe Biden's dereliction of duty when it comes to protecting the American people. Joe Biden deserves to be driven from office and disgraced. But he's with us in this hour to talk about the fact that Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot uh, is on the ballot today and could ultimately wind up being voted out of office. And in the best case scenario, she could stay alive and make it to a runoff. But what we're watching is the end result of a lot of Democratic politicians who hated the cops in the summer of 2020 are starting to get the bill in the form of their own political defeat. Okay, and let's hope we're there for Chicago to vote Lori Lightfoot out of office because it would be addition by subtraction. What's gone on on the Democratic side of the aisle where they waged a rhetorical war on cops, in some instances cutting their municipal police budgets by more than a half a billion dollars as they did here in New York, It created an environment where we had more empathy for the criminal than we did for the cop that was actually trying to protect us. Look, if you hate cops just because they're cops, the next time you get in trouble, call a crackhead. And the point being is the casualty of all of that were the good men and women of these communities that are being terrorized by violent criminals who are getting out of jail because of woke Bail reforms. Okay, that's the issue. Everything woke turns to totally. Okay, so if there is a reckoning, in fact, today for Lori Lightfoot, it would be a big win for all of us. Because the one thing I would tell you really quick, and I've got to pivot. Okay, it is really quick. Don't ever forget I told you this. When you let people out of jail in the name of racial equity, you harm the race you claim to protect. Why do I say that? Because 90% of violent crimes are committed against members of the same exact race. That's true. That is true. So if 90% of violent crimes are going to be committed against a member of the same exact race, if you're letting a violent criminal out of jail in the name of some type of equity agenda, the high rates of criminal recidivism mean they are likely to go ahead and harm a member of the same race. Ergo, what you're doing is you're protecting the violent criminal at the expense of the peaceful law-abiding citizen. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. It's a real heavy theme on my mind right now if you've been listening to the show lately. I'm always yelling at Lincoln about fentanyl and drugs. I'm always screaming and yelling about how we have to support the cops. And the biggest casualty of the last few years in this country is the truth. We have to support the truth. Okay, the reason Nikki Haley was on in the last hour, we were talking a little bit about aid to China and the COVID lab leak, which we now know to be a COVID lab leak. Okay, the FBI has confirmed it. The Department of Energy has confirmed it. Why is the Department of Energy confirming it? 
because they oversee and power the labs that are conducting this type of research around the world. I draw that distinction because in the Democratic rush yesterday in the media to beat back the acceptance that COVID leaked from a lab, something they had lectured us up and down, was not possible. Okay, they tried to cartoon the fact that the Department of Energy was the one investigating it. What does the Department of Energy have to do with COVID? And that's what the Democrats did. They tried to smokescreen away from the obvious truth. Democrats are so full of crap. Okay, none more so than the late-night comedians that are failing this country. I say this all the time. Okay, if I, I don't have a late-night show. I filled in for Gutfeld. It was great. It was a lot of fun. But if I ever get my hands on a show like that, it's going to go exactly the way the radio show goes. That's the spoiler alert. You're trying to create a forum where people don't have to agree with it to engage with it. You can hang out. You can listen to it. You can laugh at it. You can provide a community with a sense of common culture. One of the last things left in this society that is common culture is our show. We have a lot of liberal listeners. And it's not because I'm like a rhino or, you know, I don't care. No, the truth is I'm unapologetically conservative. I'd fight any idea battle against any pundit anywhere because my ideas will win. I'm not out there waging character assassinations like you're a racist or, you know, anything in between. I'm trying to engage in the idea battle. But as a comedian, as someone who hosts a radio show, the most important thing I can do is give the world a place where they can all agree to disagree. We don't. The whole point of America was not everybody has to see it the same way. The whole point of America was e pluribus unum, which meant out of many, we are one. We don't agree on most everything. But when push comes to shove, we are the team nobody wants to play. We don't do that anymore because a lot of our common culture has been stripped away from us. Okay, the places where we used to go to political put our political differences aside aren't really looked upon the same way anymore. Like a good example would be sports. Okay, everybody likes to watch a ball game, whether you're Republican or Democrat. At the end of the day, we can go watch sports and just forget about politics for a while. Are sports letting anyone forget about politics? The answer would be no. Oh, my God, no. Anything you do. Okay, me and Lincoln played Madden last night. By the way, we played Madden last night, uh, and I would like to submit to the— I kicked his ass in Madden. Shut your mouth. No, but I need credit because I was like 0-4 over the weekend. <laughs> I got killed. I need credit for the one win. I want the credit. But me and Lincoln sit out and play Madden last night, and we're, we're playing Madden. 84% of the players on the field are black. That's great. Hooray. We just want to play football. We don't care what your skin color is. But every time we make it into the end zone, we're greeted by a banner that says end racism. We're greeted by the coexist banner. We're greeted by all of these identity politics mile markers that have nothing to do with football and everything to do with implementing a left-wing agenda into the lives of people who consume football. So we lost sports as common culture. It's not a place to put political differences aside. Comedy used to put be a place to put political differences aside. We no longer have that because a lot of the late-night shows are now activists masquerading as comedians. When you listen to Colbert... You get a lot more applause than you do laughter. Why? Because they agree with the point he's making, but they don't actually find any of it to be funny. That's the problem. Okay? And the issue there is you ultimately wind up losing what should be a common culture forum for people to put their political differences aside and laugh at the news because the only news Colbert wants to poke fun at is news that could potentially benefit the Republicans. Ah, you have a good eye, my man. And that also cheapens comedy with the reason being is comedy jokes, they're supposed to be a trap door. Okay, you're supposed to open the door right under the audience's feet so they fall down the chute. They don't see the trap door opening. 
That's why it's got to be delivered well. That's got why it's got to be worded right. That's why the syllables count. But most importantly, that's why the unpredictable sensibility has to count more. You've got to be willing to take shots at everything. When you're out there pushing a partisan agenda, you become very predictable as a comedian. And because Hollywood made it the law that you have to bash Trump at least 12 times a monologue, he ultimately wound up alienating, you know, the comics anyway, the Colberts, the Kimmels of the world, ultimately wound up alienating conservatives that might typically frequent their show because it just became boring and predictable. And there's no better example of comedy being derelict in its duty to unite the country than Stephen Colbert, who's just, I mean, ugh, an orphanage on fire on Christmas Day is funnier than Stephen Colbert. Here he is. Okay, on the Late Show last night, trying to beat back the narrative that the Department of Energy has issued an edict saying COVID originated in a lab. It's clip six. The Department of Energy released a new report saying a lab leak is the most likely origin of the COVID-19 pandemic. Well, there it is. Chinese wet markets, you're off the hook. Let's order a round of pangolin poppers for the table. I love a nice plate of wet apps. Now, if you're... Can we get some civet fingers, please? Now, if, like me, you're wondering why the Department of Energy is the one making this judgment, it's because that agency oversees a network of U.S. national laboratories, some of which conduct advanced biological research. No. No. Bad energy department. No bio labs until you finish building your electric car charging stations. Stay in your lane. That was absolutely dreadful. Okay, and understand, Colbert goes on to claim that they issued a degree of low confidence, low confidence in their finding, when in fact the actual Department of Energy's edict said they were in a state of low confidence that COVID originated through human transmission from an animal to a human. Okay, and what is Colbert trying to do there? He's just trying to deny the right a a win because the right's been saying, hey, it happened in a lab. It happened in a lab. It happened in a lab. And they've been saying it happened in a lab. Why? Because it happened in a lab. Everyone knows it happened in a lab. In fact, there was a time where it was acceptable to say on Colbert it happened in a lab. Here is Jon Stewart, your former Daily Show host, on Colbert's show as a guest, explaining how obvious it is to the world that it happened in a lab. It's clip five. There's a chance that this was created in a lab. There's an investigation. A chance? Well, but I, so, I, 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 oh my if God. there's evidence, I'd love to hear it. There's I don't a know. novel respiratory coronavirus overtaking Wuhan, China. What do we do? Oh, you know who we could ask? The Wuhan novel respiratory coronavirus lab. The disease is the same name as the lab. How did that happen? Maybe a bat flew into the cloaca of a turkey and then it sneezed into my chili and now we all have coronavirus. Like, come on. I mean, dude. (laughs) But think about that. Oh, gee, guys. There's a virus that's making the rounds in a town where there's a laboratory that studies this very virus. But trust me, it didn't come from that laboratory. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Now in this moment where you've got the Department of Energy joining the FBI, citing a classified intelligence report recently provided to the White House and key members of Congress for the reason for its conclusion 
that COVID likely spread due to a mishap at a Chinese laboratory. We have literally no evidence whatsoever that links this to an animal interaction with a human. The only thing we have is Fauci and everybody and and maybe Bill Gates. I can give you Bill Gates. Here it is. Clip eight. It's quite clear in this case that it came across through animals Mm -hmm. and almost all our diseases like HIV crossed over from chimpanzees in Africa quite some time ago. Ebola came from bats. Uh, This also, uh, with one step in between, came uh, from bats. So it's going to keep happening. You don't have a clue. He has no idea. It didn't come from bats. The reason they were saying it came from bats is because Trump was reading the world its truth. China is our enemy. China and the World Health Organization misled us over the ability of this virus to spread from person to person. It's coming. China has closed their borders, but they're letting their citizens travel the world so they can spread this virus. We're going to ban all flights from China, at which point the Democrats started yelling he was a racist. This was xenophobia. It didn't originate from a lab. There's going to be a spike in hate crime. It's a conspiracy theory. Here's Jimmy Kimmel, another late night dirtbag, clip nine. It's also pushing U.S. intelligence to find evidence for this theory that the virus was accidentally released from a lab in Wuhan. That's his new angle to feed the wingnuts, uh, to treat this virus like it was a conspiracy of some kind. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Yeah, you know what the problem with being a conspiracy theory is in 2023? It's that you're right every single time. He knows what he's talking about. It was the conspiracy theorists that said Hunter Biden's laptop was contained emails that linked his father to his shady overseas business dealings. That's what the conspiracy theorists said, right? And what did we find out? The conspiracy theories were right. It was the conspiracy theorists that said the vaccine didn't stop transmission. And they're like, oh, get out of here with your junk science, you conspiracy theorists. But they turned out to be right. Do you understand? And on and on. This goes on for days. COVID originated in a lab. Come on with that debunked conspiracy theory. Get out of here with that crap. That's what they said to Tom Cotton. Do you remember? In in 2020, when Tom Cotton went to publish his op-ed about COVID originating in a lab, they were like, oh, there's going to be hate crimes. Here it is, clip 11. The only conspiracy here was a conspiracy of silence among the left in America, whether it's the liberal media that was trying to silence me and others making these basic points or Democratic politicians like Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi saying we're racist or nativist or xenophobic. Then you had MSNBC and CNN and all the rest piling on. And then you have people you know, in the government like Tony Fauci, as you're pointing out earlier, adding more fuel to this conspiracy of silence, trying to squelch all dissent about the party line. And I want to remind everyone that both of these points were just basic common sense. Anyone could look at the facts on the ground in Wuhan and say, this virus most likely came from that lab. But you weren't allowed to say anything. They were trying to silence that narrative because anything became a line of attack in an election year. Well, Trump says it came from a lab. We got to say it didn't. We'll say there's hate crimes. Trump's calling it the Wuhan virus. We got to say you can't say that, even if we called it that ourselves. The Wuhan coronavirus has now surpassed the 2003 SARS outbreak and the number of lives it's claimed. They're under quarantine out of concern that passengers and crew were exposed to the Wuhan coronavirus. And this breaking news just into CNN, the official death toll from the Wuhan coronavirus in China's Hubei province has now risen to 780. 
But you can't call it the Wuhan virus because that's racist. That's what they said. But why was everyone previously calling it the Wuhan virus? Because they all knew it came from Wuhan. You're absolutely right. The show that leaves you without hope or change. I'm telling you, man, this stuff will poison your mind. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Going to be talking to my man, Jason Rance, in the next break about all things America. Country's a mess right now. Yesterday, after we get the report in the Wall Street Journal that COVID originated in a Wuhan lab, we get John Kirby saying, nothing to see here. We're still not sure. It's clip two. Well, let's not get ahead of where we are in the process right now. We, we, there is not a consensus on what caused COVID to start. The president wants to understand that so we can prevent better future pandemics. He's made that a priority. And I just don't, we don't have an answer to speak to. And I certainly, so given that we don't have a consensus, it would be foolish for me to get out ahead of speculation on hypothetical situations to come. We just aren't there yet. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? They don't want to piss off China. They don't want to flat out say, Okay, as the understand as these reports coming out, the FBI report, the Department of Energy report. Okay, they're coming out through newspapers like the Wall Street Journal that have a copy of the report. They're not coming out in the way of a formal declaration. The FBI is not having a press conference. The Department of Energy is not having a press conference and going, China, you know, like the end of a Scooby-Doo episode. I knew it was you kids all along. They're not doing that. Because this administration doesn't want to outright accuse China the way Trump did. Okay, China knows this administration is weak. They are concerned with the political consequences. And they are so consumed with their green energy agenda, most of which is produced and manufactured over in China, the biggest polluter in the world, by the way, that this administration doesn't formally want to hold China accountable for anything it's doing wrong. Their big move is going to be, ah, we won't let any government phones use TikTok. Hooray. TikTok is awful. It's Chinese spyware. It's spying on your kids. It's manipulating them to hate America. But it's not the reason we have COVID. It's not the reason we're selling out our manufacturing base to some stupid clean energy agenda, all of which benefits our biggest geopolitical foe, which is China. This is stupid stuff, man. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And as you know, I will be appearing at the Federal Way Performing Arts Center this coming Friday, March the 3rd, right outside of Seattle. This next guest lives there. And he's so excited about my show that he's flying to Washington, D.C. to go to CPAC. Jason Rance is in studio. <laughs> I wanted nothing to do with you. I wanted to be as far away as humanly possible because I feel like I'm going to get dragged into doing something. <laughs> and I just I don't want to do anything. No offense to you. I just don't like doing things you for anyone. I'm a selfish person. You don't want to be the guy that gets called onto the stage or Ugh. something weird. I wouldn't do that to you. That's well, just you, the worst. Well, no. You know, can you hang out backstage and greet people? I don't want to do that. Oh, Rance. Never. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't, you wouldn't want my crowd. Just the contact high alone. 
That'd be a lot for you. Not that you can't get one of those walking around Seattle. I literally was about to say that for here in New York. <laughs> well, I wanted to ask you that. Okay, you're in New York. everywhere. Yes, I was just going to say that. On any level, is there this competitive aspect to you when it comes to your urban decline versus ours? From from a competitive standpoint, we usually look at Portland okay. because of what happened in downtown Portland is way worse than what's happened in downtown Seattle, which uh-huh. is saying something. Yeah. I, I like I like that you call it a competition because this is one I don't want to win, uh, but it kind of feels like we've got our issues that you don't have. You have issues that we don't have. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we're pro- it's probably even. But in the context <laughs> of things, I mean, New York is so much bigger. Yeah. There's so many more people. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to see or feel a lot differently than than you would in seattle well in the race to the bottom you're telling me we're neck tattoo and neck tattoo pretty much i mean face tattoo i'd probably go right (laughs) but you guys don't have the same level of fentanyl abusers that look like zombies at least are you out out zombieing me right i will not be out out zombied i will not be out zombied on the show to downtown seattle Mm -hmm. you will see way more zombies than you would here in new york just in a in a cluster. You see, what happened for us is like weed has kind of become like this weird stabilizing force where no one works, no one does anything. The town is filthy. Mm-hmm. It, sm- it literally smells like weed everywhere. It really does. I'm not making that up. I mean, it, you could get a contact guy just walking into the studio. It's so hard to articulate to people who haven't been here that you couldn't outrun the weed smell at any place on Manhattan Island. Can't the, do it. The, the funny thing is I don't see people smoking weed all that often. Just- I smell the evidence. <laughs> Clearly they were smoking but I don't actually see them. It's crazy. Jason Rance is in studio. You listen to his show every day on KTTH out in Seattle. Hey, girl. And uh, we're talking about urban decay. We're talking about crime because today could be a big win for the people of Chicago if Lori Lightfoot mm-hmm. somehow doesn't make it through. Uh, do you have a gut instinct on that? If there weren't so many people running, yeah. it would be a different thing. I, it, we'll know tonight if she'll win the next time around. Yeah. Because it, it really, truly is going to depend on how well she does. And I have to imagine if she's not number one, she'll be number two. Yeah. Just because she's got name recognition, which is a positive and a negative. Yeah. But there are people who just instinctively vote for the Democrat. Yep. And they'll vote for the person that they know. And this would be a historic failure to have just a one-term mayor. Yeah. So I'm I'm just curious to see how close it's going to be and where the distribution of votes go. Yeah, with any luck, she would lose, but I'm with you. I think in a crowded field, you can win with 12%. Yeah, you're not going to get – no one's going to get to 50% yeah. today. So there'll be a runoff. Exactly. She could get herself over to a runoff. Have you ever seen a time uh, in, in, in the amount of time you spend covering news locally and nationally where people were so hyper-partisan that defeating the other team really did become more important? than any of the issues affecting them. I, I don't remember a time it's that weird. it was this bad. Yeah. There were, there were certainly instances in sort of pockets in mm-hmm. regions where that was always kind of an issue. But I don't recall it being this nationwide in a long time, including – I mean, consider this. We're talking about, in a lot of cases, races in which you don't have to even declare a party. Yeah. It's not listed as a party affiliation mm-hmm. on the ballot, and yet mm-hmm. still people – view things as left versus right. And if you're in a, you know, a deeply blue state or county or city or a deeply red state, county or city, people are now doing that. It it is odd. Do you know when I thought it was off, like traveling the country doing stand up, I was watching campaign commercials in my hotel for local office and a guy would be like running for, you know, comptroller. 
mm-hmm. in like some weird county. And he'd be like, I'll stand up to Donald Trump. <laughs> and I'm like, he's not in the race. He has nothing to do with you. Well, that's smart because I don't think anyone knows no. what a comptroller actually does. <laughs> Myself included. Yeah, I have no idea. Is it comp? <laughs> is it controller? Or there's, is there a difference? It's comp. He controls the comps to the comedy show. Had you come. No, oh, I'm there you go. I would have gotten an extra free uh, drink ticket. <laughs> We're talking to Jason Rance. About all things America. Uh, the COVID lab leak was a hot topic with Nikki Haley, who was here a moment ago. I'm not familiar. Ni- so <laughs> Nikki Haley uh, wants us to know she listens to a lot of Ozzy Osbourne and Post Malone. So I asked her if she's responsible for the origins of the pandemic being mm. a bad eater like Ozzy. Yeah. Uh, she declined. She would. Well, actually, to be fair, she would not confirm nor deny those allegations. Well, that's suspicious. <laughs> that's exactly what someone who ate the right? bad would do. Yeah. I what, mean, if, if you were that person, you wouldn't want to be blamed. She's so, running for president. She doesn't want to be blamed for, for spreading COVID. <laughs> you got to get out of the gate clean. You don't want this on your hands. Uh, was well, she near a pangolin? When, uh, <laughs> when you look out at 2024, it's, first of all, it's very early. There's an Emerson poll out today that has Trump beating DeSantis, uh, excuse me, that has Trump beating Biden in a head-to-head, but Biden beating DeSantis and Haley. I, I don't actually believe that's true, meaning I think Joe yeah. Biden contrasted with any Republican 40 years younger than him has a big problem. There, there's not – let's be honest. There's not going to be a single poll out judging the race that will come anywhere close to being accurate because yep. so much can happen between now and then. I'm with you, though. I, I can't imagine that Biden is defeating – Anyone at this point except possibly Donald Trump. Yeah, I I don't have Biden defeating a flight of stairs yeah. right now. It's not pretty. But I can tell, like, there's a concern there because they are really going in on DeSantis mm-hmm. with, like, the racism Clearly. stuff. And it's so disingenuous the way they've Trojan horsed the latest attack. You know, like the don't say gay bill was, I mean, again, we all know it didn't say gay in the bill, but they just ran with it. This time around, they at least cleverly titled the bill African Studies mm-hmm. and then made it about gender intersectionality. Yeah. But in your opinion, is he the guy they see as the guy? I think very clearly yeah. they do. That explains the relentless attacks over the course of the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. We've clearly seen it ratcheted up just within the last few weeks. Yeah. He, he's running. I, yeah. I mean, he's, are we yeah, supposed yeah, to pretend good. otherwise? <laughs> so they're, they're going after him. I, they see him more of as, as a threat. What's going to be really curious – you're going to start to see some folks on the left give weird support to Trump or yeah. not attack him in the same way, yeah. hoping that he will become the nominee. That's what I think this Emerson poll's about. Yeah. They want they want him in the race because they've got so much more baggage to you know. Well, they have something to go against. Yeah. Look, whether you're going up against Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, or insert the name of another Republican, mm-hmm. you're going to have to be focused on your record as president. Yeah. With Donald Trump, you can focus exclusively on Donald Trump. Yep. It worked the last time around. I don't think it would work this time around. I think anyone who's being objective and compares their life under Trump to their life under Biden, they'll come out on on Trump's side. Mm -hmm. But the threat is do you want to go through four years of a Trump attitude? Because that was what truly pushed some Republicans away. They loved the policy. I Mm -hmm. love the policy. Yeah. They didn't love the tweets. Yeah. And that's what it's going to become about. Yeah. Well, the good news for him right now is no one reads Truth Social. Yeah. Like they're like, oh, the, it's up 200 percent. I'm like, oh, so four people. So he got it from two to four. We're talking to Jason Ranch. You can listen to him every day on KTTH out in Seattle. We're talking about 2024 and everything in between. Uh, one other thing I wanted to throw at you about that race, though, is there is the scuttlebutt that Biden being in his late hundreds might have cause to not run. 
Uh, if that happens, now we're just recklessly, recklessly speculating. Who is swooping in? Because Kamala Harris isn't getting a nomination in any world. It's totally Pete Buttigieg. It is, right? He's 100% hoping. That's what Kennedy said. Yeah, That's it's what she said. He, he thinks he can do it. He mm-hmm. can't. He can't run the transportation <laughs> department. I mean, come on. But he, he thinks he's the next heir apparent. It's very odd because you would think that Kamala Harris would be sort of throwing him under the bus. And mm-hmm. she's not. She should. Yeah, yeah. But she's definitely not. And, you know, they probably all think that they can do it. Yeah. I'd like to see uh, Rachel Levine run. Yeah. I, I'd love <laughs> to see that as a running mate because that, I mean, talk about historic. Would it be, would it be anything better than our first female president oh. not being a female? How did we get here, Rance? How did this become a thing? Do you know how many old clips make the rounds on the Internet now? It's become a mm-hmm. thing, like a South Park clip, lecturing yeah. a, you know, yesterday we were playing the Monty Python clip from the life of Brian, 1975, the Fred Rogers clips. How did we just absolutely, uh, we've orphaned biology. We've orphaned objective truth. How did this happen? You, you can blame, I think, social media because you had a small group of radicals who pretended that they were large in numbers and it seems like they're large in numbers based on the amount of tweets that they do and the trending topics and they've convinced people that if you say anything on the one hand we're going to bully you we're going to silence you we're going to cancel you and then you have a group of people on the other side who feel like they're morally superior when they take these positions Mm -hmm. basically calling themselves a hero i'm a hero because of how tolerant i am look at how tolerant i am (laughs) would you ever date someone who's transgender well i'm tolerant but would you ever do it i'm tolerant (laughs) no one wants to see the carfax that's what you tell it's true it's totally true people take the it's the same like with with ukraine you're putting the flag in your twitter profile you don't give a damn about nobody cares no it's a brand you don't you you couldn't name it you can point it out on a map you don't you can't spell Zelensky. so let's just stop with this nonsense you want people (laughs) to take a position about you because you care about ukraine it's so true everybody wants the digital dopamine they want some social currency approval we're talking to jason rance you can listen to him every day on ktth out in seattle you see i agree with that and i think that's like the biggest challenge to right now is when they say like oh we're living in two different americas like i think we're living in 330 million different americas meaning each phone is its own little america now Mm -hmm. and everybody's in pursuit of their own weird self-righteousness and it's i only bring that up because to circle back to the COVID origins colbert last night yeah, the 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 tack they're taking, Hassan Minaj did it in front of all five mm-hmm. people watching The Daily Show. There were seven. Yeah. Let's be fair. <laughs> it's like, what is the Department of Energy doing weighing in on this? But that's what we're down to now. And it's they don't sense the irony. Yeah. Dude, you are a comedian who, first of all, sold your soul to do PSAs and love songs to, to <laughs> Anthony Fauci. I mean, and and the vaccine. Like, do you remember the vaccine yes, with the dancing needles? Yes, it was needles? awful. Oh, and you're telling God. me and everyone else, stay in your lane. First of all, do a simple Google search and you'll realize why the energy department is involved in yeah. all of this. Well, it's low confidence. Hey, dummies, they like to point to the five agencies that suggest that it was uh, yeah. human, whatever mm-hmm. it was. That was also low, low confidence. confidence. Yeah. There's a second one from the, I believe it was the FBI that has moderate confidence mm-hmm. in that this was a lab leak. So mm-hmm. let's just, I'm counting the moderate more than the five uh, low confidence. Yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb. And I think, you know, the bigger issue here for the administration is because there's never going to be a formal declaration that China did this. Of course not. Now, they don't want to mess with China, but that's making China so much worse. Mm-hmm. You know, when it comes to their aggression on the world stage, do you think we've emboldened them or no? Uh, it's hard to say if we embolden them or Biden embolden them, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean when, when you look, I didn't do it. Well, the reason why I say that is that the Chinese tend to, and, and good leaders in a general sense, tend to look far ahead 
China's not worried about what's going to happen with the United States within the next two years. They're yeah. thinking about who's going to be the next president. Mm-hmm. And that's how the United States views any potential leader of a foreign country as well. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen after Putin? What's yeah. going to happen after Zelensky? What's mm-hmm. going to happen at that point? So I don't know if they feel emboldened yet, but we've certainly given them reason to. Okay. How far they take that, I don't know. Look up and see if you find another balloon in the sky. <laughs> so you're telling me in like 2032, China already has a file on President Honey Boo Boo? They probably already have the P tape. <laughs> Jason Rands for the win. Uh, I will see you tonight on the bottom line on the Fox Business I'm looking Network. forward to it. That's a one-two punch. It's The American people deserve this. I, I've been saying that the entire day. Because you've behaved horribly, America. <laughs> you made us do this. We are here this. to punish you. There it is. Back after this. The critics have spoken. It's a mess. It's a mess. This is Fox Across America. Oh, girl. It is Fox Across America. The main man, Jimmy Fallon. Taking the show on the road this week, and I will be at the Federal Way Performing Arts Center out in Federal Way, Washington, just outside of Seattle and to Compton. Saturday night, I am in Sacramento at the Crest Theater this Saturday night if you're in the area. Then April the 7th, I'm at the Tower Theater in Bend, Oregon. April the 8th at the Egyptian Theater in Boise, Idaho. And then I'm back here on the East Coast, April 21st and 22nd at Bananas in Bergen, New Jersey. And when all of that's over, I go on the road with Kennedy, the Laughs and Liberty Tour. Tickets going on sale for a lot of these dates this coming Friday, including our June 10th date in Mesa, Arizona. We're going to be there Saturday night, June the 10th, out in Mesa. And uh, those tickets go on sale this coming Friday. Uh, That's going to be a banger, by the way. I'm pumped up for that. I'm pumped up to hit the road and come meet more of our listeners and more of our Fox viewers and everything in between. Uh, The Mesa Arts Center is the specific gig, and it is Mesa, Arizona, Saturday night, June the 10th, 2023. So if you're in the Arizona area, my man Dax, who always gives me a hard time on Twitter, get your act together. Come hang out with me in the K-Train. Right now you're hanging out with me on the radio, though. That's what you're doing. And uh, there's no ticket link needed. There's no nothing. You just have to sit here and listen to my insane ramblings. (laughs) It's funny, man. I cover news every day, whether it's the TV, whether it's the radio, whether they're having you on as an analyst, whether I'm doing a comedy show, whatever the hell I'm doing, okay? I have a lot of different brains. And what happens is depending on the news cycle, okay, if it's like really serious, like there's a war going on, then you're in like a very analytical place because you want to have some reverence and respect for the chaos, okay? But let's say it's, uh, you know, just a scandal. Will Smith hit Chris Rock at the Oscars. Now you're going into, like, your silly pseudo-analytical mindset, you know? Then it's like the political season and, you know, everything in between. Talking about issues, okay? Right now, it's very rare that all three of your brains that you need to survive in this industry are uh, so as far out of whack as they are. Like, there's never been a better time to be a comedian because everybody in Washington, I mean everybody, this entire administration is a bunch of clowns who have no idea what they're doing. I'm Kamala Harris, and I approve this message. So in theory, you're like, wow, perfect. Is What a great time for comedy. Wrong. The problem there is comedy has no shelf life because every day Biden does something stupid. You're like, I'm going to write a week worth of jokes about this. 
But within an hour, he does something even stupider. We have a president that is clearly not all there. And what's ultimately happening is even though it's such a ripe time for comedy, it's forcing your analytical brain into overdrive because the peril, (laughs) it's sad, I, I don't like saying this, but there's a real decline in our quality of life under this administration that's making things a lot more primal. So you find yourself in like that analytical reverential tone from time to time in terms of your analysis. And then when it just comes to flat out issues, like the issues brain, you know, what do the American people think of this? What should we be prioritizing? I've, it's really weird, but I've never seen a time in our politics where the folks in D.C. were as indifferent to your wants and needs as they are right now. Okay, we're at a time where 70% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. The border's overwhelmed. Okay, we're in a bad spot when it comes to the economy, when it comes to our energy independence, certainly, you know, at the precipice of something terrible happening in Ukraine. But right now, the Supreme Court is getting ready to rule on student loan forgiveness, which would do what? It would take one person's student loan debts who took out those loans— and pass the burden of paying them onto taxpayers who didn't take out the loans. That's not right. Dude, it's insane. Okay, you're getting the bill for a loan you didn't even take out, number one. Number two, okay, it's doing nothing to control the high cost of college, which is what's putting people into this place to begin with. So when you call it student loan forgiveness, the loans aren't forgiven. The colleges still want their money. They're just handing the bill to somebody else. And a lot of people on the left believe in that, so let them foot the bill. Pay up, suckers. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. We are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting, as we always do, from the tippy-top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It's a big hour of Fox Across America, where Brian Brenberg, he is, of course, the host of The Big Money Show on the Fox Business Network. He is going to stop by to discuss some claims from Corinne Jean-Pierre that the current state of our economy is somehow Donald Trump's fault. That is a fact check false. It's really getting embarrassing in this hour, this late hour of the administration. We are two years past the day that Joe Biden was sworn in as president. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. He is president. And two years into this administration, they're still trying to blame Trump for the things that are going wrong under their watch. And if you don't believe me, ask Pete Booty Judge. Pete Booty Judge is pathetic. Okay, your transportation secretary was fact-checked over the weekend by the Washington Post, of all people, who cited an NTSB, National Transportation and Safety Board, report that said none of the deregulating done by Donald Trump, none of it would have prevented the tragedy that unfolded in East Palestine, Ohio. Meaning when Pete Buttigieg got out there and was like, well, you know, I want to talk to Trump. and blah, blah, blah. You were lying your ass off. They were just trying to deflect. And even after the NTSB issued their report, Chuck Schumer got on the Senate floor yesterday and blamed Donald Trump. Chuck Schumer is a clown. Is he ever? <laughs> so listen to this. This is crazy talk. Okay. I read you the report yesterday in full. The NTSB, okay, in looking over 
the causes, the investigation leading to the train derailment in East Palestine. The NTSB flat out declaring that Donald Trump's deregulating had nothing to do, nothing to do with the derailment. Alarms went off. Human error was involved. Things were ignored. Trains crashed. The next thing you know, we've got a big mess on the ground in East Palestine. Of course, when Pete Buttigieg finally got off his ass, stopped breastfeeding, and took a flight out to East Palestine to walk around with a hard hat on, okay, the first thing he did was what? Well, I'd like it if Donald Trump could say something about all the deregulation. Here he is. It's clip 24. Well, one thing he could do is uh, uh, express support for reversing the deregulation uh, that uh, happened on his watch. I heard him say he had nothing to do with it even though it was in his administration. Uh, so if he had nothing to do with it, and uh, they did it in his administration against his will, uh, maybe he could come out and say that, uh, uh, that uh, he supports us moving in a different direction. Uh, we're not afraid to own our policies when it comes to raising the bar on regulation. You ought to be ashamed of Secretary. yourself. Think about that. Okay, Pete Buttigieg is out there blaming Trump. Why? Because he's concerned with the politics of this situation. So a lot of people on the left ran with this narrative. Well, you know why it happened? Because Trump deregulated the trains. It was made up by these sick people. But do you understand? Like, we're living in such a... I, I always say we're living in the death of shame. Here's Chuck Schumer. A day after the report. So to Pete Booty Judge's credit, he's blaming Trump before the report came out. So he's running for that for as long as he can before the party ultimately ends because the report comes out and throws cold water on any claim that Trump had something to do with this. But Chuck Schumer, who is a D.C. lifer, okay, he's been in the Senate since Julius Caesar was stabbed, the Senate. Um, But stick with me. Chuck Schumer, with no regard for the NTSB report, you know, the guy who tells you we're undermining faith in institutions by questioning anything they do in Washington, is the first guy to run out there and disregard the report in its entirety, saying this is a Trump thing. It's clip 20. In one instance, the Trump administration repealed requirements for an electronic braking system because, according to them, the safety benefits were simply not worth the costs. Let me say that again. In 2017, the Trump administration decided to repeal requirements for brake upgrades because they didn't think the safety benefits were worth the cost. I think the people of East Palestine know exact, now know that that analysis was wrong and that they're suffering the consequences of rail companies putting profits over people. This guy will say anything. I mean anything. That's Chuck Schumer. Okay, flat out saying Trump's deregulation... You know, he caused the problem. This is why it went on. But you understand he's doing it after, after the Washington Post has already flat out said, with help from the NTSB, that Trump had nothing to do with this. In you know, in effect, Chuck Schumer is basically looking into the microphone and saying, hey, everybody, I'm a clown over here. Come on, we're having a clown party. That's Chuck Schumer. Like, we're living in the death of shame. It's embarrassing. And that people will get out there without, with no shame, no concern, no regard. You know, Whitney Houston once sang, no matter what they take from me, they can't take away my dignity. They can, if you're in office as a Democrat. No dignity. Okay? They're out there right now pushing student loan forgiveness. That's another big one right now. The Supreme Court could issue a ruling today 
on whether or not it was constitutional for Joe Biden to grant $400 billion worth of student loan forgiveness. We talk about the death of shame, okay? People are going to Washington today to protest the idea that they may not be able to force other people to pay for their debts. What the hell is the world coming to? I, I don't listen, man. I'm a worker. I'm a worker. Okay, I was driving a taxi 84 hours a week. It's doing stand-up at night. That's what I was doing before some of you began to hear of me on the TV and the radio. I was working. My, I'm just nonstop working. I mean, even now, I never stop working. I'm always on TV. I'm always on the radio. I take my family on the road to go to stand-up gigs, so I make sure I get to spend time with them because they're the most important thing in the world. Okay, so we go places together. But the point is I'm a worker, and I'm a worker – because it comes with the pride of accomplishment, the pride of self-ownership in knowing that you're providing things for yourself that you yourself busted your ass to get your hands on. I cannot imagine being so devoid of pride and dignity and self-worth that I was willing to drive down to Washington, you know, on a day when I could be at work and demand that the Supreme Court force other people to pay off the loans that I myself took out. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. And let me oversimplify this. Student loan forgiveness, okay, doesn't forgive the debt. The college doesn't say, ah, we forgive you. We don't want the money. Okay? The college says, you're going to pay us, and you're going to pay us now with interest. That's what's going to go on. Money, 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 money. The debt is not forgiven. The college wants its money. Okay? They're just getting it. Not from the person who took out the loan, but from the taxpayer who didn't. Do you understand why student loan forgiveness? How many people have auto debt right now? Okay. Now, if you said, hey, well, Honda Accord forgiveness. You're driving a Honda Accord. We're going to forgive the Honda Accord. We're all going to chip in and pay your Honda Accord loan. Sounds right. But people would say, well, no, no, you can't. What do you mean? I'm not paying for that guy's Honda Accord. I didn't never even got to drive it. Of course you didn't. You know what else you didn't do? You didn't go to college for any of these classes you're now paying for on somebody else's behalf. Bingo, man. Bingo. Think of it as a bill from Applebee's. I was talking to Nikki Haley about this earlier today. Imagine getting a bill in the mail from Applebee's for a meal you didn't eat. Didn't eat it. You weren't there. You didn't have it. You didn't order any of it. Okay, yet they're going to tell you with a straight face, you know, I have to chip in for the other guy's meal. That's not right. I mean, seriously, at least if you're going to do that, throw me some half price apps in there. I mean, they should be free if I'm paying for the meal. Throw some food in the envelope. It is a scam. But it's a scam designed to erode people's self-reliance and make them more dependent on the federal government. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. I'm just telling you, there's nothing on earth more empowering or cooler than looking around at your life and knowing you've provided for yourself on some basic level through your own hard work and perseverance. There's just nothing cooler. And I'm not saying that to you as a radio guy who's on TV a few times tonight. I'm saying that to you as a guy who's had this realization every day every day of his adult life. And I brought that taxi back to the garage every day. I'm supposed to get the car back at 5. 
Got to get it there five sharp. Did I get it back at five sharp all the, all the time, every day when I was out driving my cab? Not even close! Sometimes it was 519. Sometimes it was 630. Sometimes it was not at all. But the point is, when you dusted yourself off, you turned in what was left of your rate card, you walked back up 7th Avenue with 80 bucks in your pocket, you had the pride in knowing that you made that you made that 80. Nobody gave it to you. You went out there, you busted your butt to get that 80 bucks, that 50, 150, whatever the hell it was. The point is you don't make a lot of money. Okay. But there was a real pride in ownership in whatever my quality of life happened to be. And I really became, you know, kind of, I don't want to say like addicted to the work ethic, but uh certainly addicted to, you know, the pride and you know, the sense of knowing that everything I was doing was not being handed to me. If it was being handed to me, it was being handed to me through a partition <laughs> by some time traveler or some hobbit or some weirdo or some drunk who was just peeing himself in the backseat of my cab. But the point is you had to go out there and earn it. And we were encouraging people to do so. We weren't telling them, hey, let everybody else pay your debts. We erode your self-reliance. We erode your independence. You know, we erode your self-determination. And we usher out a vi- an era of victorhood and replace it with an era of victimhood. That's what student loan forgiveness is all about. It's about teaching people to think of themselves as victims who can't do for themselves without the help of somebody else. It's about creating a situation where you're more likely to vote for one party because they're going to allow you to give up on the promises you've made to walk away from the commitments you've made in exchange for a commitment that you'll go out and vote for them. The Democrats are, in essence, trying to buy votes. But are the Democrats actually paying the bill for those votes? The answer would be no. Of course not. The only person paying the bill is you. Okay, and you're paying that bill in higher taxes. Thanks, big government weenuses. But that's the reality here. The reason I'm against student loan forgiveness is, in theory, this doesn't even apply to me. I went to community college in the 90s. Did I think, like, give a guy named Spider a bag of weed to get in? Like, are you crying? Like, stop it. And you could be like, yeah, you have a kid, though. Stop it. My son is, like, six foot five. He's getting a women's basketball scholarship. I'm not worried about this at all. Okay, but I'm worried about the direction we're taking America in because this is now in America where they're encouraging people that it's okay not to do for yourself. I'm talking about able-bodied people. Okay, we have a social safety net in this country, as we should, to provide for people who can't physically provide for themselves. But this idea that we're now taking a generation of able-bodied people And just allowing them to walk away from their commitments, it's such a slap in the face to the people who have no choice but to walk away from the commitments because they've been physically incapacitated. Okay, the idea that we're treating one as the other is a scam. And it also undermines the perseverance, the self-reliance needed to actually make something of yourself. Okay, so you took out a loan for a degree you're not going to use. Welcome to the club. We have a few of those in my family. Okay, but the reality is, okay, you made that commitment, and maybe you even made that poor decision, okay, a decision that at the time, based on the information that you had, didn't really age the best. 
Well, how are we going to encourage you not to do that again, but to hold you accountable the first time? And what's even funnier when you think about this is these people today are protesting because they took out a loan that they changed their mind about down the road. They pursued a profession that they changed their mind about down the road. So I was 19, I was 20, I was 18. I thought I wanted to work a job, but it turns out I don't, and I'm not using this degree. Okay, how in one breath can you tell me, oh, you gotta help these people out. They're 18 or they're 19. They don't know what they're doing. You can't expect them to make big, heavy decisions like that. But then in the next breath, you're telling me we should teach five-year-olds to switch their gender. I'm going to go out on a limb and say if we've got to lighten up on the 19-year-olds because they're not mature enough yet to make smart decisions, it's got to be asking a little bit much of the five-year-old when it comes to making a lifelong surgical decision that will alter their body. But no one's having that conversation because this isn't about right or wrong or science or responsibility. This is about paying people with tax dollars so they'll vote for the Democratic Party. Just hold on to your pocketbook. They just put a lien on your money, your savings and your retirement. The show that's standing up to big tech. Get those nerds! 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 You're listening to Fox Across America. So here's one I was discussing with Sean Hannity last night on his show. If you missed it, it's on the Fox Across America Facebook page. But Kamala Harris, another laughing fit at the White House yesterday. Here it is, clip 43. So I want to just now do a public service announcement, and I need all the leaders here to help me, okay? To check if you qualify for the ACP. Look at your neighbor. (laughs) To check. If you qualify, go to getinternet.gov. To check if you qualify, go to internet.gov. You sound insane. Do you realize that? You should be medicated. (laughs) Kamala Harris. To check if you qualify, look at your neighbor. (laughs) Oh, shut up, woman. I mean, really think about that. What other job in America could you get if you had laughing fits at random points in a conversation? I was saying this to Hannity last night. You wouldn't hire a babysitter. They came to your home and you're like, well, the missus and I are going to go to dinner and a movie. And she's like, and I'll just be here watching your kids. <laughs> You're like, you know what? Ah, the reservation fell through. We're going to stay home with the kids tonight. We're not leaving them with you because you're a psychopath. Bingo. <laughs> Think about that. Whatever your business, it could be any, legitimately any business, any business. So don't think I'm talking down. I was a cab driver. You could not get hired. They would not trust you with a motor vehicle and the lives of other human beings. If you came to my taxi garage and service on 21st and 7th and you walked in and you were like, hi, uh, I'd like to rent a taxi for the day. And they were like, do you have a clean driving record? And you were like, yeah. (laughs) They'd be like, have you ever had a check? And they'd tell you you couldn't rent the car. Okay, what does it say about America? 
that vice president is the only job you can somehow get if you have random laughing fits for no reason at all during the interview process. You can't name one other job, but it's going on here, and it's insane. This is Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes? That's all, folks. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. It's been a banner day on the show. Nikki Haley was here. We're talking about a woman who very well could be the next president of the United States of America. Wrong. I know Trump doesn't agree, but she had a strong showing. Jason Rance was the middle. He was the feature act. He came on from KTTH out in Seattle. And now your headliner, host of the Big Money Show on the Fox Business Network, Brian Brenberg, back in studio. I thought you were going to say it's the pitcher you bring in when you're down by 10 runs in the ninth. And- <laughs> Like we got, we can't throw anybody we care about out there. Throw Brenberg <laughs> out there. His arm's going to fall off anyway. I, I give you a proper buildup every time you come on for the record, and then the shots ensue after. <laughs> That's right. That's we true. get That's you true. into the game peacefully. You lull me in, yeah. But since it. you bring up the pitcher coming in in garbage time, there's an old soundbite out there uh, from the Baltimore Orioles where uh, if, you've, if you're familiar with this, forgive me, but there was a Baltimore Orioles play-by-play man in a 14-2 to game. Do you remember there was a year in the 80s? It might have even been 88, where the Orioles lost like everything imaginable yeah. out of the gate. And there was an announcer at the time, I should know his name, and he said, he goes, <laughs> I have this ready. He goes, Earl Weaver is going to bring in Tippy Martinez <laughs> to try to put an end to this. <laughs> <laughs> Two words. Two words that were bleeped out. Dude, and if it's Earl Weaver in this sentence, there's got to be some language <laughs> But it was like the that. announcer who came. Right, 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 right. Earl Weaver's going to bring in Timmy Martinez <laughs> to put an end to this effing B. <laughs> effing BS is what he said. On the air. That's when you know you got a bad team. That's a bad team right the there. Anu- it's not when the announcer curses once. No, no. <laughs> He's stringing them together at this point, you know. Think about this. In Major League. Bob Euchre is a fictitious announcer for the Cleveland Indians at right. the time. Curses once on the air. He says, you know, can't, can't blaspheme the Lord. <laughs> and he's like, who cares? Nobody's listening anyway. <laughs> the Orioles were bad enough that the announcer said more curses than the announcers in Major League. That's so funny. What I, a place to be. Yeah, I'll tell you, the Orioles had a great hat back then, though. The, they, you remember, the remember that old bird, that yeah. like cartoon? I love that hat. I actually loved an Orioles hat. Yeah. I loved the orange. I loved Camden Yards. I loved uh, Boog Powell's Barbecue oh, at Camden yeah. Yards. Really winning place. But I bring up that Oriole euphemism because I think right now when I look out at the country, we need to bring in Tippy Martinez to put an end to this. <laughs> Earl, if you're listening from above. I just don't want to insult Tippy Martinez and all this, okay? <laughs> it was a 14-2 game at the time. Well, anyway, there's clown stuff going on in D.C. today. Let me start. I want to talk to you about student loan forgiveness. And this is a conversation I was having with our listeners a, a moment ago. I, as someone who has worked his whole life, as I know you have as well, who is trying to instill a work ethic in kids. I can't imagine going to the Supreme Court today to protest because I might lose the right to make someone else pay my debts. Just let's start at a basic pride level. Right. Where do you have to be to feel that entitled to this? Yeah, I mean, you've got to be so insulated from reality. Well, not, would, where you have to be is not at work. Yeah, you're <laughs> just yeah, yeah, now My first thought when I sum up this, I think you misspelled relief, actually, when they, <laughs> in the signs they were holding up, which, you know, stands to reason. But, yeah, you're not working. Like, this is... Look, headline number, this is a country with 11 million open jobs. 
All right. You can patch it together. Yep. And pay these loans. And you ought to. It's probably the most important lesson you need if you took out those loans yep. and now you want somebody else to pay for them. The most important thing that can happen to you is a job yep. so that you can actually pay these things back and learn the lesson of meeting your commitments. Number one, which is huge because this isn't going to help you with that problem down the road. You might make a bigger commitment that you don't right. fulfill. Number two for me it really is just like the pride of ownership. In just knowing that you've provided for yourself in a meaningful right. way. And I feel like we're discouraging that on some level. Yeah, there, you know, it's hard to pay your student loans. No question. Yeah, Nobody's I arguing it. with that. Mm-hmm. But there is something about paying them off. I mean, I, I had student debt as a result of going to college. My wife did. Uh-huh. Um, by the grace of God, we paid it off. But it felt kind of good. And it felt like, okay, so we made the investment. Now we're supposed to get the payoff. Here's the problem. People don't treat school like an investment. It's yeah. supposed to be treated like an investment. You're putting something down now because it's going to pay in the future. And and when you treat it like an entitlement, then the first thing you think is I shouldn't have to pay for it. And the second thing you think is, is, well, I'll just do whatever I want. I'm not going to get a return on this. I just, it was something that was, you know, I, I was uh, entitled to. And so I'm not going to treat it like I put an investment in there, right? Like reap the return, act like this is something that's going to pay dividends in the long term. And we've just lost that in higher education. I would agree. We're talking to Brian Bremberg right now, and that's my frustration because when I hear politicians get out there, like I have this Chuck Schumer clip where he's talking about how unfair it is to these students. I'm like, dude, talk to the guy who didn't take out the loan who's well, getting the bill. I don't want to hear a word about fairness if the guy who didn't pay the bill. A conversation I had off the air earlier today. Yeah. I said, why don't we do Honda Accord forgiveness? Where right. Everyone who buys a Honda Accord, and well, I wouldn't pay for that because I didn't get to drive the car. I'm like, well, did you get to go to these college classes? Right. If I'm not getting the degree, you know, all I have is my degree, which is intro to Xbox, so <laughs> community. That's all I have. I don't have anything else. I mean, it, that that's the problem is there's really no philosophical difference between Accord forgiveness and student debt forgiveness, which means, by the way, if the Supreme Court lets this happen, mm-hmm. which – I'm not a constitutional lawyer, but there is no way this should happen unless they decide that these guys don't have standing. But if they let this happen, the door is wide open for uh, two bed, you know, three bedroom rambler forgiveness (laughs) and Honda Accord forgiveness. Are you telling me I'm going to get blackjack forgiveness? My ship is going to sail in. I lost a lot of money in the late 90s, early aughts. People always ask me, like, how do you become a cab driver? I'm like, well, you have to owe a bookie 40 grand. Knock up your wife without health insurance. <laughs> you know, it's the work to do. You got to fight the ground war. But it's crazy to me because at a time, this is what's really, there's a bigger premise here for me. Okay. There's no respect for debt in this country in a weird way. In like this perverse way, we are piling on debt as a country. That's kind of like a mirror image of this. It's a microcosm of the student loan thing. It's like, ah, forget that, Schmidt. We'll bring it on. Somebody will forgive it. We'll move it on down the road. But there's not going to be America loan forgiveness. You know what I mean? Like student loan forgiveness? Yeah. Who's forgiving us? Nobody. I mean, America loan forgiveness is default. Yeah. And now you're in a really, really bad spot. You use this phrase all the time. It's, we're living in the death of shame. It's so true. Okay? And I obviously use it comedically. Mm-hmm. But there is a sense of sort of a healthy level of shame around not keeping your commitments. Yeah. And and we've just we we sort of baptize when somebody says, "Well, I can't do it." And 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 somebody else owes it to me and I've been wronged. We sort of say, "Well, that's transparent and that's you're speaking your truth." And mm-hmm. blah 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 blah. We've lost the ability as a culture to say 
you just took out that debt. Yeah. What were you thinking? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know what. Well, you need to think a little harder, and maybe paying it off is going to help you think a little harder in the future. Like um, tough love is still love. Well, it's true because what they try to they try to uh, pitch this as empathetic, but you're actually setting people up for bigger failures down the road. Well, and, and, and here's the thing, and, and I, I I know like people are in tough situation right now. This economy stinks. I, mm-hmm. No question about that. But the student debt forgiveness is going to help. Rich people yes. out more than poor people. Well, that's the okay, scam. That's the thing. It's yeah. going to help the guy who went to law school, the white guy who went to law school, more than anybody else. Yeah. So don't don't tell me that this, you know, well, why don't you have some compassion for, you know, those who are struggling? I do, but this isn't going to help those folks it's nearly a, as much as the wealthy guy. It's all a racket. Brian Brenberg is in studio. He's n- not having it. I mean, this is, as a Minnesotan goes, like this is, <laughs> he might as, we better bring in Tippy Martinez for this guy. <laughs> about to start using the foul language. Settle me down here, Woods. I can't do this. I got to talk baseball with you for a minute just to cool the temperature because yeah, he he's, getting, he's getting fired up. <laughs> he just threw a toy off the I was just talking, making my point. Remember those toys Mickey Haley was making fun of earlier? Brenberg walked in. A, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Dude, I just want to talk to you about the twins. Um, <laughs> Lincoln Fallon, just to get you up to speed because we talk about this a lot as dads. You know, my son, Lincoln, as you know, is going through that phase as a sports fan where he's so obsessed with corralling information and sharing it it. that it doesn't even belong in the conversation. Do you know what I'm saying? So Lincoln would like literally go to the counter to friendlies and she's like, can I help you? And he'll be like, Jay Buhner hit 54 home runs for the Mariners in 1994. (laughs) Lady's like, excuse me? (laughs) What just happened? Because he's such like a geyser of passion and and sports knowledge. And last night I caught him doing the unthinkable. He's been putting on preseason baseball games. And I'm like, God love you, because at the height of all of it, okay, I never really did tune in to watch number 92 pitch to number 78. Right. <laughs> but there was the link man on the couch watching the Yes Network. That, that, did I? T- Timmy's doing the same thing. Wow. He's watching spring training. I, I, uh-huh. I came home yesterday. I'm like, oh, is there a spring training game on tonight? He's like, he's, he said, no, there's not. But there was one on earlier today, and I'm going to re- the re- re- watch <laughs> a rerun of the Mets and the Nats. Hey, between you and me, let's just ask the question. Is there any chance they're betting these games? Well, that's <laughs> I, so many. I, I, there's so many gambling ads out there. Why are our children watching preseason it's baseball? so true. I, I had an exact I, – I, ne- I don't even think you could watch preseason baseball when I was a kid, but he, he's re-watching, you know, I don't know, oh you know, God. like 92 for the Mets pitch against a bunch of guys for the Nats who've never gotten a, a shot at major leagues. Lincoln literally, he's like, he's like, quite dead, I'm watching this. I'm like, Lincoln, the guy's jersey is triple digits. <laughs> <laughs> he's not even in a double-digit jersey. It's 179. That looks like a prison inmate number on the back of that jersey. Who are these people, Lincoln? But he's watching. It's so fun. I'll tell you one thing, though, that the speed of play thing is interesting to yeah. me. It is picked up. Well, they said the games right now are twenty minutes shorter, but is that true? Uh, something in that realm? Yeah. Well, I, I, this is what I've this is what I've heard. Okay. Yeah. But where do you weigh in? And Josh, you could chime in on this: a pitch clock or an at bat clock. I feel like it's changing baseball, Josh. What do you got? I mean, Josh is the resident. Okay. I, I mean, a pitch clock is still far, far better than putting a runner on second in extra innings. So I'll, I'll give take you that the old. pitch clock. Thank you. I do like that. You know when they start in extra innings, a guy on second, nobody out? Yeah. What the hell is that? Yeah, I know. I know. What game are we playing at this point? <laughs> yeah, this is running bases now. I mean, it, actually, the pitch clock is crazy, too, because some guys, it just speeds them up, but some guys milk it and like I was watching Scherzer pitch and uh-huh. he just waits until it gets down to one. Okay. So and then he takes throws the time. guy. So he's just kinda icing the kicker with every 
Because the guy's got to get in the box, and then yeah, yeah. he's kind of taking it down. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Well, how, how does that affect the psychology of hitting? Uh-huh. So I don't know. I'll have to ask the link man. Ask, you know, he, I'll, I'll, I mean, he's watching this stuff. He's, he's got careful tabs on spring, <laughs> spring baseball. Spring Somebody's watching. The actual – this is how unpopular spring training is. I actually heard the announcer shout Lincoln out in the first <laughs> inning. <laughs> the one gentleman in uh, Long like, Island watching this game. like to welcome Lincoln Fela uh, to George Steinbrenner Field down here in Tampa today. Lincoln, I hope you're having a wonderful <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> That's about what it is, too. <laughs> There's nobody really... watching. I went to spring training one year, which is spring training if you go. You know, if you're down in Florida, you can hop around from facility to facility. But it's just a booze fest. Yeah. It's just people getting right. day drunk. Like, hey, honey, I'm taking our son to see baseball. <laughs> and dad's getting hammered. Leaving the kid asleep at a La Quinta so he can go to a jiggle joint after hours. There's a lot of bad parenting going on at spring break, at spring training, and it's done in the guise of good parenting. Right. Well, I mean, you know, the father-son That's weekend. Right. You know, we went to see Aaron Judge, and then we went to Hooters, you know? Father-son, honey. What are you if talking you, about? If you watch the games, there's always, the, you know, beyond the outfield walls, like the grass where you can do a picnic, and there are guys just laying there flat on their back. <laughs> Home run is hit. It hits them in the stomach. <laughs> they don't even bother to pick it up, right? No, no, and that's a guy who was there from yesterday's game. Right. These, I, I've seen some things in the bleachers of George M. Steinbrenner Field down in Tampa. That's called the spring training doubleheader, by the way. <laughs> when you get so drunk at the first game, you're just passed out. Because they don't clean people out. Oh, they they just leave them there. Right. Oh, God love you, Florida. That might be the strongest case for a DeSantis presidency, yes, <laughs> is spring training baseball. Well, I'll throw one more at you since I brought up DeSantis. I didn't get to this with Nikki Haley. I regret it, though, but she hit. She played all the teams on the schedule. Trump, foreign policy, China, COVID, foreign aid. She's mad at Iran. She had a great tweet. Nikki Haley actually tweeted it. If you chant death to America, no more money. That's fair. That sounds like a fair Should we policy. be sending money to people right, like right. death to America? No, we shouldn't, but I bring up DeSantis. Uh, you were just at Disney World. Um... DeSantis taking the fight to Disney World in terms of their special tax privileges. Is that a good thing or is it a bad thing? I, I don't have an answer one way or the other. I mean, I think they were getting getting over with a lot. And I think the deal was made at a time when Flor- Florida needed Disney. Right. You know, more than Disney needed Florida. Well, kind of, you know, it worked. Nobody complained a heck of a lot about it as mm-hmm. long as Disney was a good yeah. citizen. Like mm-hmm. they, they ran a business. They ran it well. They made money. They took care of their stuff. Like that's OK. They were kind of a good corporate citizen. Mm-hmm. But when they moved into this era of we're gonna we're gonna tell the legislature how we feel about something that really doesn't pertain to them yep. at all, like this is just not your space, Disney yep. stuff. But you start doing that, that changes the whole thing. The the the, the um, you know sort of that equilibrium they had. You know, yeah. I, I didn't love it philosophically, but it was there and it was uh-huh. working. But they. Uh-huh. Disney said, you know what, we're going to break that and see what happens. And Sam said, well, you broke it, and, and this is what's going to happen now. And uh, you know what? That's where I think good on him because this is the one thing that drives me crazy. I don't want to be lectured about inclusion by anyone who's charging $130 right. to get in. Okay? If you're really concerned about making your park more accessible, not the pronouns that need to be changed. It's the prices. Right. You know, and that's the scam. You were just at Disney. I mean, I've been there. Okay? I've, I've eaten that $28 turkey leg. It's, Mickey ain't giving away ice in the wintertime. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just it, like I, the whole time I kept saying to myself, this is a vacation. 
<laughs> well, you know what they wait, do? I, wait, am I supposed to be refreshed at this moment? Because I can tell you there ain't no refreshment going on. Oh, no. I went down to Disney World with Jenny and Lincoln on a cab driver's salary. So, like, between rides, I was, like, putting on a blonde wig and turning tricks behind Space Mountain. I'm not proud. It was it was pricey, man. I mean, I, I, like, the hotel room. I don't know where, you know, you uh, can say there's spots, but, like... I don't think it had any windows except for the door. And I'm like, this is the magic kingdom. Like maybe a, a windowless hotel room is magic in some, well, you know, but not out here, not this time. Well, but you, at heart, Mickey is a magician because he makes your wallet disappear. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the scam of the whole park. So I've been there. I've, I've been a part of this and uh, I just, that's where I think corporate activism is like its own worst enemy because yeah. it also just denies us basic escapism. You go to Disney world, go have a good time. And uh, if Disney also wanted to improve the park or take it a step further, um, there's no spontaneity to that park anymore. Yeah. You have to schedule your rides. That's a job. You wake up in the morning yeah. and, and, and you have to plan your entire day at 6 a.m. Yeah. You know, after you got a terrible night's <laughs> sleep and you're looking ahead at a $40 waffle. We've got, a, we've got an 1115 <laughs> on Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Right. <laughs> we've got a. What am I doing here? <laughs> what kind of hell have they invented that I got to schedule that? It's not a vacation, it's a job. <laughs> but Mickey came up with an algorithm and sent all those people in their mouse ears back to work. Oh. There it is. All right, now get out there and make me some god money. <laughs> exactly. Back after this. The show that always has a giant smile on its face. All day long, I just want to make everybody happy. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. What a day. On the Fox Across America radio show, if you missed any of it and you want the full podcast, you can hear my interview with Nikki Haley and go to foxacrossamerica.com. This podcast also available in iTunes, on Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. If you want to see me on the telly tonight, check it out. I will be on the bottom line on the Fox Business Network at 6 p.m. with Sean Duffy and Dagan McDowell. I'm also scheduled to be on the Ingram Angle with Laura Ingram tonight at 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Tomorrow, I am on America's Newsroom early, and you will see me on Waters World late. But get this, Thursday, my final day in New York, uh, brings me back to the Sean Hannity Show, and then I'm flying out to Seattle. I'll be at the Federal Way Performing Arts Center Friday night, March the 3rd. Saturday, March the 4th, the Crest Theater in Sacramento. we got a weekend opportunity to get together if you're in those areas. Come hang out with your radio buddy. I know we we sold a ton of tickets. I will meet every last one of you. And remember this. I say it all the time, man. Uh, This is our show. I am not the star. We are. This success, this growth, all of this craziness just sitting around the country doing all these TV shows, it's only possible because there's this whole group of, you know, wonderful force multipliers of cool meaning you guys, that tune in for it and support it. So don't screw it up now because we need your support more than ever. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? (laughs) God, I hope so. See you back here tomorrow. Pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table, the Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts. 
Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.